Hey everybody, welcome to today's show. I'm Zach Drew. And I'm Andrew Bellers. All right, so this show is not going to be a show that you're going to want to just listen to a couple minutes to. Uh, you're going to want, I'm going to say some really crazy things. Am I right up top? It's going to be weird. It's going to get weird. <laughs> but listen, I'm telling you right now that there is uh, really, I'm, I'm serious, there is evidence uh, for the things I'm going to be saying up top. But you're going to want to listen to the duration of this video, at least a, a large portion uh, of it if you have time. Uh, so that I can actually explain what I mean. Because what I'm about ready to say, I actually do believe wholeheartedly. And I really do not view myself as some radical conspiracy theorist. Let's jump right into it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, before we jump into it, I do want to say thank you. For those who did it last week, I was able to purchase um, a teleprompter and new lights for mm -hmm. our at-home studio. All right, so we're going to be filming here uh, one time a week every Friday, but it's going to be so freeing as well, just if God mm -hmm. is speaking to me, to go right to the um, camera in my office. It's all being set up, and just to film what the Lord is speaking in that moment. It's awesome. Thank you for, for donating. Okay. Like you said, Andrew, I appreciate you know your honesty. It's going to uh -huh. get weird, and um, but it's going to be very powerful. Um, and it's going to get actually very prophetic in what this has to do with prophetic scriptures. I titled this show a variant of, Is the United States government using the psychedelic drug DMT to speak with the fallen angels that are prophetically supposed to come back? Hmm. Wow. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's my intro statement. Giants, the giants of the Bible, the giants that were in Genesis 6, and the giants to come according to prophetic scriptures that we're going to be um, hashing out. Giants, DMT, and government testing. Is the government using DMT to speak with the coming evil uh, entities that are spoken about in the Word of God? Yes, it is there. This will be a hard pill to swallow for many. And, uh, and also on others in the spectrum, it's going to be a pill that's a little too easy for some others to, to, to uh swallow and yeah, yeah and just in pure humility I, I mean if you're watching this and you and you realize that there are things in the spiritual realm that you don't have understanding of then then just keep an open mind to this and you know we're gonna be going over a lot of scripture mm -hmm. this is stuff that is founded in the Word of God and if you have any doubts or questions about it we always encourage you to, to go to the Bible and seek it out for yourself exactly so where do you fall you know and, th and this is all intro stuff okay where do you fall in this conspiracy uh, spectrum. You see, you have on one side of the spectrum people that say that no conspiracy is ever true. Even if it is true, even if the government has actually went on record, declassified files, and said, yes, we were doing this, no matter what evidence is before them, even if it has been proven true, as soon as you mention the word conspiracy, that it used to be a conspiracy, you, it's wrong. Yeah. These people over here that nothing is true, everything or excuse me, nothing is conspiracy. Everything you hear is Fox News, CNN, it's all, you can believe it all. There's nothing actually going on underneath the scenes. So you have this end of the spectrum, okay? And then you have the other end of the spectrum uh, where all conspiracies are true um, and they don't even need to be studied. They don't need to be researched. They don't need to be verified. Nothing you ever hear is true. The world is a conspiracy. And as I heard someone once say, it was a funny way to say it, you know, on this end of the spectrum, you have a piece of wood from my desk. <laughs> on this end of the spectrum, though, the sun is following me. My dog is watching me, and he's, he ha you know, he's working with the aliens. All right, so you literally have two opposite ends of the spectrum, and then you have the middle ground. Don't, don't dismiss something for and I would really view myself truly in the middle ground because I I actually have a lot of contact with people on both sides of this I really yeah. do being in the worlds that I've been in you I really have I know and 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 have sat with even you know just lay people that don't have you know uh a platform and people that have a major platform and, the, and they all fall on different sides of this, the spectrum. And I really do view myself as more of a centrist when it comes to this type of stuff. The middle ground, just because something is radical or far-fetched, don't dismiss it just because your mind currently cannot understand it. Yeah. And I'll say this, there are blind sheep on both aisles, on both sides, okay? There are blind sheep on both sides of this conspiracy aisle, of uh, people that will never believe anything ever, no matter what, they're just following blindly. And then you have other radicals 
that believe in every single conspiracy you can ever imagine. So I'll, I'll say this quote, and then we're going to play a video that's going to that's going to probably uh, shock some of you. A quote from Edmund Spencer: "There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all argument, and which cannot fail to keep man in everlasting ignorance." That principle is condemnation before investigation. Edmund Spencer. Mm. So what he's saying is that, imagine like there's a bar in my mind. Imagine there's just a bar, a solid metal bar, right? And that bar blocks. Nothing can get through that bar. No wisdom, no new knowledge, no understanding, no, no anything can ever get through this bar. And that bar can be labeled condemnation before investigation. Just because mm. something seems weird uh, or just strange to you, you've got to condemn it. Okay, let's play a video. So, last week, Joe Rogan, uh, YouTuber, talk show, radio host, he does, he, you know, he does it on video as well. Uh, he's no joke. Uh, what I mean by that is he has a massive audience. I don't know how, how wide his entire audience is, but I know just on YouTube alone, it's 4.5 million Which is huge. People. That's a massive, massive audience. Just on YouTube, 4.5 million. Okay, so basically, whether your favorite favorite political pundit being, uh, who's your favorite guy again? What's his, uh, I know who he is. Oh, uh, ben, like ben Shapiro. You love yeah. Ben Shapiro. Whether your your favorite political pundit, Ben Shapiro, your favorite uh, technology titan, Elon Musk, or your favorite athlete and entertainer, Mike Tyson, they all want to go on Joe Rogan's show. Yeah. They've all been on Joe Rogan's show. Okay, so this, if you don't know Joe Rogan, I'm not saying you need to go look him up. He is definitely uh, not a Christian. It's a, a lot of... Uh, you know, foul language on his on his show, but he is wildly famous. And last week, Infowars Alex Jones was on the show, and it was wildly popular. I think um, mm. I think it probably has about eleven million views that it garnered in about a week. And they covered many topics, and one of those topics was something that I th thought we need to talk about this. Yeah. And because it sounded so crazy to me, or naturally it would sound so crazy to me, but based on all the other things that I have studied and researched, which we're going to be talking about today, mm -hmm. I got to say, I, I really do believe that what he said is quite possible. This is Alex Jones on Joe Rogan talking about the government using DMT to talk to what they call, I wouldn't call it, what they call aliens. Play that clip. It is not. Well, no, they'll cover that was on the show. They're not going to cover this. The meat. Okay. Because so. this is not my opinion. This is the real research that I have heard that uh, that I have talked to army generals, commanding generals, major generals, general generals, CIA, everybody, and they're all a hundred percent. And I thought it was a psyop before, and then I've researched it. And I've talked to hundreds of people now, not on air. But I'm going to make a film on this. Who've taken ayahuasca and DMT? I've not taken it, and be, be, for obvious reasons. And uh, and it's unbelievable because I mean they 100% in San Francisco is the main project site. Literally have an alien uh, base, and they are literally communicating. And they've got like astronaut level people taking super hardcore levels of drugs and going into meetings with these things and making intergalactic deals. And that, and I'm, again, that's what the government believes and says they're doing. Who this is, isn't a when you say the government, that's a broad stroke. You're painting, a, you're, you're using a broad brush. Like, what do you mean by the breakaway rogue? Intelligence agencies. Okay, so what you're saying is essentially that they're using psychedelic drugs to communicate with interdimensional beings. All right. Yeah, e spirit guides. Okay, everyone, everyone who's done a high dose of psychedelic drugs has had this experience. So everyone who's listening to you right now who's done DMT or done five grams of psilocybin, they know that this is a, a you have some kind of communication with something else. The question is, is that something else inside your psyche or is that something else, a chemical Perfect doorway? Question. Is there a chemical doorway inside the mind that opens up and the belief is that when you die, and this is the, what the afterlife is, that when you die, your brain produces these chemicals, these chemicals open up this doorway, and this is the portal to the next dimension. So you're saying, you're saying that 
the government is aware of this, and they must be aware of this. They've heard enough people talk about it. They must have done experiments on it. What do scientists do? They want to know thing. the secrets of the universe. For sure. And, and people that have the courage to experiment with these things and try them themselves realize that this is such a profound experience that it is... It's so alien that if an alien landed right now in our parking lot and a, a, a little gray man with big black eyes got out, it would be nothing compared to what I've seen on psychedelic trips. Well, let me just tell you, me getting into this, Joe, is just because so people need to understand that I've known about this for a long time. And I just don't think people are ready for it. But a lot of folks who um, have low oxygen and, and have, who, who have nine uh, volt brains well well who have uh, you know sleep apnea a big, big necks big heads tongues go big like you and me you go down to 62 percent oxygen <laughs> that's another time that the brain releases dmt <clears throat> so my whole life since i was about my first memories were every night was a dmt trip so i basically uh, i don't want this to sound arrogant it's not i've seen everything well, I believe that when you're dreaming, it's most likely the same chemicals that are being released. Well, at a key point, when you go into the room sleep, it opens <laughs> the gate, which scientists have proven your brain is working in the fourth, fifth, sixth dimension. And if you can work into those dimensions, you can see beyond it. So, so what I'm trying to tell you is this. I know you already know all this, Joe. <laughs> For your audience, here's what's happening. I'm not saying you're bad. I never said you were in the CIA. I say the CIA is on record with Timothy Leary and everybody promoting hallucinogens in the 60s. They admitted that it was a plan to try to uh, see what it would do in the public to make them more suggestible. But there's a larger program. And then they kind of backed off because it kind of got out of control and actually created some, some, some people that were actually fighting them. So, so it didn't have the effect they wanted. So then they moved on to the ayahuasca and the DMT that they promoted, which good, strong people that have a, a compass don't have problems with, but weak-minded, stupid people and others. Here's an example. This guy's smart. Uh, Eric uh, mancal Muller, syndicated radio host. I've known him like 15 you just, years. You just lost me. Well, I'm going to tell you the story. You said he's smart. He's a nice guy. No, I'm just kidding. He's a smart guy. Don't be mean. <laughs> I've been on his show before. I yeah, like he, him. Likes you, he likes you. I like him too. The, the point is, he, well, everybody's, <laughs> everybody's on this quest. Mm-hmm. And I told you, I've talked to like 100 people. <clears throat> I've talked to more. There's a lot of people are going and doing these, these DMT and ayahuasca trips outside Austin. They're doing them all over the place. Yes. And I, I'm on his show, and he's telling me the same story. Everybody tells me about being in Peru or being you mm -hmm. know, in Costa Rica. He went and did two trips down there. And he said, yeah, um, we're sitting there, and we take the ayahuasca, and then all these basically elves, aliens, come out of the woods, and we're all seeing the same aliens. We're all hearing the same thing, and it's like 43 of us or whatever seeing it. And he goes, but it was the drug's effect on our brains. No, no, no. A drug, everyone sees something different. When you open a gate, and now interdimensionally, your brain's already filtering out most stuff because you can't handle it. Your eyes are already seeing it, like a cat when it's like seeing something or a dog. Well, you know, when they... And there you have it. How in the world could this be possible? Um, the government using DMT in a government site in San Francisco with high-level people in, on a constant DMT trip, which is literally DMT. We're going to get into that, too. It yeah. is the most powerful psychedelic known to man. It's not like LSD. It's not like mushrooms. Okay, yeah. it, is, it is a whole other category. Uh, some of my worldly friends... Uh, from that I even went to high school with. I, I've heard their experiences on DMT. But more importantly, what, who I listen to, I have three very close friends that are all radical Jesus lovers. And in their day, they smoked DMT. Yeah. And they tell me about their insane experiences where they literally leave and they go and talk to these other spirit uh, entities, demons. And where they ultimately, if they have a major breakthrough, they ultimately talk to God, which is a fake God. It's not the real God. So what do you think about this video? Tell me before we go on, what, what do you think about this? I, well, I just to speak to this podcast, I think this sort of embodies some of what I would encourage anyone who's watching this, that Joe Rogan is, is his podcast is so big, not because he's necessarily an expert, but because he's so curious and he questions everything. And you don't have to be an expert to question what you're being fed, um, you know, and just speaking towards DMT, I, I really, as we start, before we get into this, 
I just really wanted to make it known that, like you said, DMT is a psychedelic, but it can't really be compared to LSD or mushrooms or anything like that no. because those drugs, when you ingest them or however you take them, um, they change your perception of what you're seeing. You, you experience um, hallucinations and things like that, but DMT is different where, where DMT, people who experience that, you five people in a room take DMT and they're all experiencing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So so that's just sort of to open up to what we're about to talk about. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, and, and that's a really good point. I'm glad you said that because maybe to someone who just has never been in the world at all, um, or maybe just kind of an old school approach to drugs, many people that are kind of an older generation, they kind of encompass all drugs under the same umbrella. Yeah. Where you have cocaine or even prescribed Adderall or different opioids. Where you, you, know, you, have, you have cocaine, you have Adderall, you have all these drugs. Um, I actually have a list somewhere. You know, you have Vicodin, Oxycontin. Um, these drugs, they're completely different than psychedelics. Okay, they're, you know, yeah, and, and those drugs are really bad. I mean, you can get uh, addicted. They're horrible. Never do them. You will ultimately die. But there's a whole other type of drugs, and they're psychedelics, and they, they are not in the same category by any means whatsoever. And those are drugs like LSD, like mushrooms, and like DMT. But mm -hmm. even DMT is in a whole other category of psychedelics in itself. Because like you said, let's say we have five people in here, and we all take mushrooms, all right, so we all will see different things. You know, I might see the lights, you know, grow legs and start barking at me, okay? Right. I mean, like, <laughs> like, but we all are seeing different things. But if everybody, and I'm not saying ever take DMT, never do it. It is a demonic experience. It'll open up your soul to truly be possessed by a demon, okay? Don't ever do it. But I'm saying if, let's say, five of us all took DMT, we would all see the same thing. We would all go to the same place, and we would all go and talk to the same spirit entities together. Mm. You, you, so DMT is another form of it, is ayahuasca. And I'm going to talk to you about today where it came from. It came from the fallen angels. Yeah. It came from the watchers. It came from the, the, the fathers of the Nephilim. Yeah. Okay? Now, now if, we're in, if we're taking DMT, it's, it's you know, another form of DMT, you know, it's called ayahuasca. So DMT is smoking. You take three big hits, you lay on the bed, and it's called blasting off. Yeah. Okay, now, ayahuasca is the same type of thing, but you, you, you brew it. You put it in a stew, and you drink it, and you trip, you trip for hours on, on this. And I've said before that we've talked about it, that we know that Silicon Valley elite yeah. were at Burning Man. And Justin Fowl did a documentary on it. Silicon Valley elite, the CEOs, the presence of these, these major corporations. I mean, just to get into this section it was $100,000 just to get beyond the rope. It's not like the other 7,500,000 people throughout Burning Man. There is a closed-off section for the Silicon Valley elite. And they're all microdosing DMT, going there together, talking to the spirit entities in unity. Mm -hmm. And these spirit entities are supposedly telling... These tech titans, what technology to build of the future? My goodness. You see, Satan is going to use psychedelics, I believe, like never before. You think, oh, you know, they're putting LSD in the water. You know, No, no, no. They're going to use DMT, psych hardcore psychedelics, like never before. And like Alex Jones you know, is saying, is there, is there a government site where top-level people are taking DMT and talking, making alien contracts, which is a silly term, mm. But maybe they are making some type of deals. And let me explain to you that this might sound so radical, but it's happened before. Let me go and take you a quick synopsis. Let's lay the foundation, and then we're going to go somewhere with this, of how this has happened before. This is called the Giant's Overview of Genesis chapter 6. You see, in the middle of Matthew 24... Jesus made a very strange remark. Look it up, Matthew 24, 37 through 39. But as in the days of Noah, but as the days of Noah were, so also will coming of the Son of Man be. So as it was in the days of Noah, Jesus, this is prophetic, yeah. it'll be like that whenever I come back. So at the end of the age, whenever everything is going downhill, right before he returns, that is, it's going to be like the time 
of Noah. So now what was going on in Noah's day? Well, to find out what was going on in Noah's day, you've got to look at the times of Noah. Mm -hmm. So that'll take you back to Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. It says this in Genesis chapter 6. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. It's like, so if you're just a natural reader, you think, okay, the sons of God, maybe that's just like, oh, well, you and me, yeah. normal human beings, that's the, Seth, that's the Sethite view, mm -hmm. all right? Well, actually, that is an incorrect view. We're going to go with the view that was actually held for the first few hundred years of the church, and that's the angel view. Because what you understand is, so you have the sons of God who came down and took the daughters of Eve. So that's regular women. Yeah. But you understand that the, the, the term sons of God in Genesis 6, this was, this was in Noah's day. This is right before the flood took the earth. The term sons of God was always and only used for direct creations of God throughout the Old Testament. And even New Testament, sons of God. Old Testament, Job 1, 6, 2, 1, 38, 7. New Testament, Luke 20, 36. Sons of God were always a direct creation right. from God. So, for example, um, angels would be considered, like those were sons of God. It's a direct creation. Or Adam. Adam right. was a son of God. He was a direct <clears throat> creation from the Lord. You and I, nowhere in Scripture does it refer to you and I as sons of God. It was always direct creations from God. So now you have direct creations from God, the sons of God, coming down and taking the daughters of Eve by force. So let's, let's continue. Genesis chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. So the Nephilim. Those were the mighty men. Mighty men in the Hebrew there is gigantes. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Now in Hebrew, Nephilim actually means the fallen ones. And the root word of Nephilim is Nepal. And Nepal, or Nepal means to fall, to be cast down, to fall away, to desert. So the synopsis so far is that a group of fallen angels, not all of them, but a group of fallen angels, tried to create some type of the men of renown, the, the giants of the Old Testament, these beings that were half terrestrial and half celestial. Yeah. I mean, you can see this in art all over the world. You don't have to go to the Middle East. It's mm -hmm. actually right here um, throughout America, throughout South America. You know, you see these engravings on these massive stones and these massive people. Do you know, you know what's interesting that is that is that the, the stones like where you have these massive human beings written, like I think they're called hieroglyphics or whatever, in, yeah. in Egypt. And you have these regular sized people bowing down, worshiping them. These people have elongated skulls, thousands of years old. You know what's interesting is that they always that these massive beings always have six fingers and six toes. Hmm. I don't I don't know why. Six <laughs> fingers and six toes. So now what's interesting is that okay, well that's the, that you know that's the Middle East. That's where Israel. You know all these things would have originally taken place. Babylon. You know some people believe that that uh, Babylon was actually at one point in time the Garden of Eden. So that's a, you know, it yeah, was like a perfect place, that. perfect place of God. And then, and then the devil perverted it and made it Babylon. So then you have the same thing happen in America, these massive stones with, you know, from the, from the Native Americans. And you see these, these massive human beings with elongated skulls. And guess what? These are thousands of years old. And they have six fingers and six toes. Yeah. Same thing with, with South America and the Amazonian people. The six fingers and six toes, massive human beings. These, these were the Nephilim, or, or, or places in, in the Word of God, referred to them as the Raphaim. I mean, I, like, here's the thing. People don't understand that these massive giants were all over the place. And, the old, and here's what's in Noah's day and even afterwards. 2 Samuel 21 20. In still another battle which took place at Gath, there was a huge man, 2 Samuel 21 20, with six fingers. On each hand and six toes on each foot. Yeah. 
This isn't some this isn't some book outside of the text that we already have. This is the Bible that you read every day. Exactly. With massive man, six fingers, six toes. He was also a descendant of Ra, Rapha, which is Raphaim. You're the Raphaim, the Nephilim, these supernatural, godlike creatures. Right. Uh, let's see here. And then we have Genesis 6, 4. They bore, they, the, the sons of God, these angels, bore uh, children. And these children were the mighty men or the gigantes, the men of old, the men of renown, the men of, of you know, these ancient stories, right? Mm -hmm. Numbers 13, 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak from the giants. And we, they were so big that they say that we were like grasshoppers mm -hmm. in their sight. This is this is this is this is radical. And you touched you touched on some archaeological finds, and I think that's even fascinating. That you you look at the great structures of like the pyramids in Egypt. You look at the great structures that you even find in South America, where where people have said like the cut is so clean, they're not sure even how in that day that they cut the stone, or the stones are so large they had some technology that we're not aware of. That even today we don't know how to even move today. Them. That's the thing. Well, even today they don't they do not know how to create those type of pyramids. They still do not. In 2019, they do not understand. And these pyramids all align with the stars. Like this is this is radical stuff. Okay. And then like you said, with in 2019, the most sophisticated massive machinery that we have ever been able to imagine or create rather. Yeah. Would not be able to move the stones that have been moved in ancient times think about that we do we do not have the machinery today that can move these mass i mean some of these things are like five hundred thousand pounds i mean something crazy like that we do not have the technology today but see here's what's so crazy if jesus is coming back and it's going to be like the times of noah okay so, you know, Jesus says, whenever, whenever I come back, it's going to be like the times of Noah, which would mean he hasn't come back yet, that we have not yet escalated to the times of Noah. There are many findings that, that have revealed that before the time of Noah, that, that technology was incredibly advanced, mm -hmm. that these spirit entities were literally teaching them how to become a type of dimensional being, because these people would have had terrestrial knowledge like you and I, but also celestial knowledge. They were half of something else. This is radical stuff. So the synopsis so far is that the fallen angels, not all of them, tried to create some type of hybrid race impregnated women by force. Now, if this is correct, like we know, it has to be established, established as the Word of God says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Well, the witnesses are the Word of God. Here's witness number one. In the New Testament, in the book of Jude, chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, it says this, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, okay, now we know who that is, those fallen angels, but they left their own abode. He, God, has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Now, it wasn't all of the angels that were sent here initially. Mm -hmm. It was the ones that specifically did this with the women. So there are other fallen angels at that time that apparently did not partake in this. Mm -hmm. Now, he has reserved an everlasting change under darkness for the judgment of the great day as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these. So he's comparing it to Sodom and Gomorrah. Having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh. Mm -hmm. He, this is all the same, exact same paragraph in Jude chapter 1. Talking about the, the, the angels, the fallen angels that left their original abode, that God has cast those particular fallen angels into everlasting chains under darkness, awaiting their judgment. And in the same thing, he says, it's kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah when they went after strange flesh. You see, for a fallen angel to go after a flesh that is not his own, that is strange flesh. Right. All right, and second witness. Second Peter chapter 2. Verse 4 and 5. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell. Now, this is a mystery. I'm excited to talk to you about this. That word hell mm -hmm. is not the New Testament uh, word for hell, which is commonly Hades. The word here in the New Testament Greek for hell is Tartarus. And it is the only time that this word is ever mentioned in all of the Bible. 
Okay, so I'm going to get to that. But for if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them to Tartarus, to cast them to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and didn't spare the ancient world, but saved Noah. See, it's, it's the same paragraph. Fallen angels, don't, don't cast it down in the time of Noah. One of the eight people, a preacher of righteousness, talking about Noah, bringing in the flood of the world of the ungodly. All right. All right, so let's talk about this. This is all going back to GMT, the government. It, it's nothing new. Nothing. I'm not saying for sure that the government is doing this, but I'm saying that it is likely Yeah. based on their track record and based on the scripture's track record and me believing that we are in the end of times. And that would mean that the same way that the ancient fallen angels mixed themselves among man, they are looking to do that again very soon mm. if we believe the word of God. All right. Hey, Tartarus. <laughs> it doesn't appear anywhere else in the Bible. It's a very strange thing. I mean, we talk about yeah. hell all the time. Jesus talked about hell all the time. Never, ever, no one, no one ever used the, the, um, <coughs> the term Tartarus. It doesn't appear anywhere else in the Bible. Now, it's interesting that it does appear in Greek literature. Mm. It's called the, the dark uh, abode of woe, the, the pit of darkness. Uh, in the unforeseen world, or in the unseen world. It's also mentioned in Homer's Iliad. And he talks about Tartarus. And he says that Tartarus is as far below Hades, which is, you know, what they refer to as hell in the New Testament, that Tartarus is as far below hell, Tartarus is as far as far below Hades as the earth is below heaven. So it is like the most horrific part of, of hell, according to Homer's Iliad. Now, if you study Greek mythology, you run into the Titans, which the Titans were what? They're partly terrestrial and they're partly celestial, the same similar type of beings. Mm -hmm. Now, they rebelled against your father Uranus and after a prolonged just fight with them, they were defeated by Zeus, and they were condemned to Tartarus. Hmm. You see the parallel here? I do. The Titans have terrestrial, have celestial. Greek mythology, they rebelled, rebelled against God, which in the Greek mythology is Zeus, and they were cast down into Tartarus. You see, I would suggest that to you that the legends of the ancient Greeks, they actually embody the truth of what really actually happened according to the Genesis chapter 6 account. Yeah, so when we when we hear people talking about, you know, these tech titan elites taking DMT at Burning Man to to speak with interdimensional beings to to get some sort of knowledge or or wisdom from them to give them a game plan for what they're going to do, you know, for their year. You know, the average person trying to make sense of that might say, well, yeah, they're aliens or, you know, they're some sort of, you know, interdimensional. They're from some other dimension. Um, but yeah, I personally don't really believe in aliens in the sense that, oh, yeah, that, sure, that yeah. you know, people describe them, which is that there's some other race of being that live on some other planet that have some far superior technology to us. I don't believe that. But as Christians, when we, when we look through the scope of, of the word that God has given us, the understanding that he's given us of the spiritual realm, it, and then we look at all of these scriptures that outline these beings, the Nephilim, the fallen ones, the watchers, however they're named, like it, things start to line up and you can start to sort of define what these, what these beings might be that people are communicating with. Exactly. So, you know, they say that there was electricity, that there was indoor plumbing, you know, just talking about modern technology before the flood because of these beings. Um, it's also interesting that many scholars believe that around Noah's day, there was around six or seven billion people on the planet. Well, how could that possibly be? Well, you're a couple thousand years into the series of man. And back then, well, people were having 10, 15, 20 kids. And they were living 800, 700, 800, 900 years 
So at, they're in, and that wasn't the same after the flood because then no one could ever live past 120, right? Mm -hmm. That's according to the Lord. But during that time period, uh, yeah, because of the mass of, 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 you know, repopulation and the length of life, some scholars believe that there were about six, seven billion, maybe a little bit more, which is interesting because that's the exact number we have today. As it was in the days of Noah, still to be whenever Jesus comes back. But these, these Nephilim, these, these fallen angels that created this new race, that new race is called the Nephilim, sometimes it's called the Raphim, there's a couple others, right? They are superhuman god-like creatures with, I mean, we're talking about interdimensional, you know, the Tower of Babel was really them trying to build up into heaven. I believe that they were literally found secrets to try to go through a natural portal, which is a whole other story in itself. Yeah. Uh, but these, the technology under them, I mean, the, you got to understand, I, I can't even begin to, basically, let me, let me put it like this. What I feel the tech elite building now that will probably be complete around 2040 or so, Mm -hmm. The age of singularity, everything's connected. Augmented reality is, is, is almost even a thing of the past by then, to where we literally are becoming one with these things. The, the radical technology, Andrew, I believe as it was in the days of Noah, so it'll be in the coming Son of Man. I believe they had the technology back then. Hmm. Okay? So, how did they open up the minds? How did they... How did they get the people on the earth back into the watchers? How did the watchers, the Nephilim, the Raphim, how did they get the people of the day to ignore the status quo? How did they get them to open up their minds? How did they get them to, to understand the depths of the universe? How did, they, how did they get them to understand the secrets of it all, the cosmic realms? I believe it was through ayahuasca. Yeah. All right, well, let's, let's talk about that. You see, the book of Enoch, all right, Enoch and, you know, you know, his son was Methuselah, you know, mm -hmm. one of the first few men, okay? Uh, Enoch was actually caught up to be with the Lord. He never died. Enoch, there's a book that, that he wrote. It is not inspired. It, but it is a book. It's not inspired like the Word of God is. You know, it's like, but it is a book, like a history book. You know, I read John Bevere's books. It's not, it's not inspired. It's not, it's not the Word of God, mm -hmm. but it is, has information in it. Now, the book of Enoch, even though it was written thousands of years ago, it is not inspired. It was, it's not a part of the canon. It's not a part of the actual official word of God. So you don't need to read it as if it's, as thus saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. But you can't read it from just a natural historical standpoint, understanding that there could be errors in it. Now, it's interesting that uh, the book of Enoch has a very vivid detail on what took place as far as the Genesis 6 angel view. In Enoch chapter 6, it says this, In those days when the children of man had multiplied, it happened that there were born unto them handsome and beautiful daughters. And the angels, the children of heaven, the watchers, that's where you get that term, the watchers, saw them and desired them. And they said to one another, Come, let us choose wives for ourselves from among the daughters of man and, you know, have children. Enoch uh, 7, 8, and 8, and 8. And Azazel, which was a watcher, taught the people the art of making sword and knives and shields, breastplates and alchemy. Okay, well, now we're getting weird, you know, <laughs> or transmutation. Ancient, you know, Ethiopian commentators explain that this phrase means like changing the man into something else, like making it have this and have mm. something else. Uh, they taught incan uh, incantation uh, on the cutting of, of, oh, yeah, so let's get to, the, okay, that's, that's where I wanted to get to. I almost, I almost revealed it. All right, so in that same verse, the watchers taught us forbidden knowledge. Like, well, I don't like alchemy, okay? Mm -hmm. But magic, they taught us magic. They taught us other for, well, forbidden knowledge, like I said. In Enoch chapter 7, it says this. Talking about the watchers. This is what they taught the human race at the time. And they taught them charms, spells, and showed them the cutting of roots and trees. All right? All right, so you have charms, bad. Spells, bad. Right. And the Cutting of roots and trees. It's like it's like it's like it's like it's a weird inclusion. Yeah, it's like that, that whole children's thing. Okay, kids, you know, you got four images here. Mm -hmm. Which one doesn't belong? All right, and you have three animals and a bicycle. Oh, clearly the bicycle doesn't belong. Right. That well, that that's not what Enoch is trying to do here in chapter seven. He's not. It literally is an inclusion of all wicked things right here. So he's saying that charms is on the same level as spells is on the same platform, the same level as cutting the roots. Uh, showed them how to cut the roots of trees. 
cutting of roots and trees. This is ayahuasca. This is DMT. Yeah. It is, there is no way just natural people would, be, would just be like, hey, if I just randomly pull up the root of this tree and I just randomly pair it with the bark of this and stew it for a few hours, it's going to create the most potent psychedelic that'll ever exist on earth. Oh, but it was given to them by what? The watchers. The watchers were, were using this to open up your mind. See, like I said before, Grandma, you, you may have an idea of drugs, and you put all drugs under the same umbrella. You know, like I said before, cocaine is horrific. It's bad. You know, I don't even need to say that. Meth, okay? Um, Adderall, opioids, like Oxycontin or, you know, even don't, ecstasy. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs, all right? They're <laughs> That's all what horrific. we're saying. Don't do, you'll drugs die. You'll get addicted, you'll die. But those are not the same. They are completely different than other really bad drugs that you should never do, okay, which are psychedelics. Because those drugs, no matter what you say, you know, you can get oppressed, but they are not a spiritual gateway into another realm. I'm not saying that, 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 the, that the enemy can't use it to destroy your life. And that through that, you can even, you know, open up yourself up as far as just not giving a rip about the world, you know, being a God hater. I'm not saying you cannot, you can still be possessed. But I'm saying psychedelics, that is the only purpose. Psychedelics are to open you up to another realm. And you have LSD, you have mushrooms. Another thing that people do not know is that, and look it up, research it yourself, marijuana is actually in the psychedelic family. Marijuana, you know, obviously it's nothing like LSD or mushrooms or DMT. It is a very, very mild psychedelic. But in consumed in mass quantities, it has psychi true psychedelic properties where you can literally, this might be news to you, Maybe, maybe you know, you're seven, you know, 60 years old or 70 years old, and maybe you used to smoke pot in the 60s. I'll tell you right now, I was listening to the or Laura Ingram show, and there was a pot expert from California on. And it was something like the modern-day pot is like 20 or 30 times more powerful. Yeah, I've heard that. That, that it was. So it's, it's completely different in, in and of itself. But I want you to know that before I was saved, and, and this is a, a probably a, a really a discussion for, for another time, because I'm, one of these times, I'm actually going to bring on uh, three of my Christian friends. I'm going to talk to you about DMT and their experiences and basically how it was evil. And I'm going to have one person talk about marijuana and what, because uh, he did marijuana, he did all these other things. But in high school, you know, before I knew the Lord, I was definitely uh, a pot smoker, you know, and, and, other, and other smoker, you know, other types of smoking too. Uh, you know, I, was, I wasn't a drug addict, but... You know, I was in high school and I did whatever I wanted. I didn't know the Lord. And all of this doesn't seem far-fetched to me because, and maybe someone has been following me since, you know, not just True News, but Pastor Jim Baker's for 10 years or something. And there's been about two times that I've said this in the course of 10, 11 years. But I, with all this going on, I really am going to sit down and I'm actually going to talk about it in front of the camera. Whenever I was 17 and I gave my life to the Lord, it was because of a horrific DMT type of trip where it wasn't like mushrooms that I was experiencing where, like I said, you know, just things come alive and like I start barking at you. Yeah. But um, whenever I was 17, and it's a long story and I'll share it some other time, I had a DMT-like experience to where I left all reality. I remember I laid back on my stairs like you're blasting off. And I go to outer space and I start talking to a, a demon or a fallen angel. I mean, it wasn't just a spiritual entity. I thought it was at the time. And he starts trying to share with me the secrets of the universe. And I come back thinking that I have the secrets of the universe and just really screwed me up. But it's actually because of that. It's a, it's a long testimony. It's because of that that I was so terrified by that experience that it drove me into the real truth, the ultimate truth, and that was Jesus. That was seven. I was seventeen uh, years old, and so this, this is all. This all makes sense to me. Andrew. Yeah, I've been there. I've experienced this. My some of my closest friends have experienced this. 
And according to Enoch, it, it was the watchers, it was the fallen angels that showed the race how to cut the roots of the trees. Yeah, and it makes sense. It makes sense that, that these would be demonic entities because Satan loves to be worshipped. And when we look at the history of ayahuasca, we look at the history of DMT-related drugs, they're always religious. Yeah. Almost always they're a way for uh, religious shamans, whether they're you know, from South America, whether they're from Egypt or something. They're always a way for them to, to interact with the spiritual realm. So you know, this is just a way to sort of explain from a God perspective what's really happening to people. So let's sort of just, uh, we covered a lot of this, um, most of this we've covered, but I just want to go into a couple of things of what DMT is. Because you know, Joe Rogan, just again to make this distinction, you know, he made a really interesting question, which was, you know, is DMT, is it something that is, um, that these, these, these things that you're speaking with and communicating with, are they some inner part of your psyche? And I think, you know, the scientific community would want to say yes. I think the medical community would want to say, well, this is just some, you know, some dream experience. And then the other distinction that he made, that he made was, is it, is it some part of your psyche that's speaking to you? Or is DMT a chemical that unlocks a gateway into another reality? Uh, because uh, DMT is referred to as an entheogen, which means God created within, mm -hmm. which sort of goes to the point that, you know, it's some sort of inner God, some sort of psyche God, some, some part of you that you're communicating with. But it's just impossible. It's impossible for that to be true. For people to obtain knowledge that they can apply in the real world that they would not have known in any other case it's impossible that people are just communicating with some other half of their brain or something. I mean, we're definitely talking about this, this thing, you know, they call it people who are experts in DMT. They call it a breakthrough. When, when you, when you take your three hits or whatever, and you, there's the blast off. And can I, can I explain that for the yes, audience? So yeah, go for what it. it. What takes place is, uh, so like I said, ayahuasca, you drink it. Most, most kids these days that are doing DMT don't, drink it, they smoke DMT, they take three big hits, and then they lay back on their bed, and they're typically out for about 15 minutes, um, and which is actually a very scary thing within itself, because many people, whenever they come back, some people feel like they've been gone for a few days, other people feel like they have actually been gone for weeks, because where they go, they in a way, they cease to exist, time stops and stands still, what a horrific, terrifying thing to happen, and these people are willingly willingly smoking this um <clears throat> you see when you lay back on your bed you blast off truly it feels like you are like attached to a rocket um joe rogan was talking about another people on the show that you actually can f like feel the force like you're on a rocket g uh, rocket g force heading into into space and that oftentimes the the sound is just absolutely overwhelming within your ears like you're attached to a rocket and then all of a sudden it just stops. It slows down. And everything becomes very quiet because you literally have reached orbit. You have reached space in a sense. And then it says that everything within the, the, the earth begins to crystallize and you start to see your spirit entities. And there's levels of this. And if you can make it all the way through, you have a breakthrough moment where you talk to what they deem as God. And it's an overwhelming experience where they feel love. They feel peace. They feel comfort. And it's all deception. It's all rooted in deception but i do believe that they are talking to real entities These, this is not a hallucination a hallucination would imply like a hologram it's you're seeing something that's not really there not with dmt you are seeing something that is really there and it is only there to deceive you to lie to you and the reason why that the reason why we believe this is because there is a huge consensus on what people experience like you said they're experiencing the same things and some of their experiences you know, I, I'm, I'll go through this list just because there's a point I want to make. Uh, they experience what they say multiple dimensions at the same time. Where, you know, we might see in three dimensions, the fourth dimension is time. They're saying they can and literally... Explain that. People are like, what do you mean we live in three dimensions, uh, fourth, fourth dimension? It's actually very simple. 
Well, first dimension, we live in up the up-down world. Can you jump? You know, you live in one dimension. Can you right. go left to right? Well, now you're living in two dimensions. You can be on a piece of paper and be a stick figure. All right, well, once you have the third dimension, you're going you're going forwards and backwards. That's actually why we like to go see three-dimensional 3D movies because the movie can come at us. Well, the fourth dimension is time. Scientists say that they're actually up to 11 different dimensions. Someone like Jesus, coming back in his glorified body, would have not been restricted to any of the dimensions. That's why he's able to pass through walls and, go, and appear in one city or another and then ascend into heaven and just go through some type of magic portal, right? Because mm -hmm. he's not bound by any type of dimension. Now, whenever we get our glorified bodies, I believe that we'll have the same type of glorified body that Jesus had, which means that our bodies will not be bound to only three dimensions. We will actually be an interdimensional type of body um, for the sake and the glory of Jesus because we will have a body like the Lord, which we can see that the Lord did not have only a three-dimensional body because he was right. able to do these special things. So people are on DMT. They leave. They leave their body. They cease to exist, they say. They cease to exist, and they leave their body. So it's almost like whenever we die, we leave our physical body. Whatever is left on the table goes somewhere else, correct? I and mean, that's a very, I know how to really say it. But, I, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, in layman's terms, your right. body stays, and whatever is left over goes somewhere else, goes to be with the Lord, to be, to be absent uh, from the bodies, to be present with Christ, okay? Well, something, uh, it's almost like a false death experience takes place with DMT because your body is left on the bed for those 15 minutes, which sometimes can seem like days or weeks on end. And whatever is left over goes to another place. Yeah, and that's why... And they go to a place that's not 3D. <laughs> right. Well, that's why it's so difficult for people that have had DMT trips to explain what they experienced because we live in, like we said, four dimensions. So the three dimensions of space, spatial dimension, and then the fourth dimension is time, which we have measured. Um... So it's impossible, for instance, if we were in two dimensions, or, yeah, two dimensions, and we were living on a flat piece of paper, it'd be impossible for us to describe or explain what three dimensions even are. So when people leave this, this experience and they break into a new reality where they're experiencing multiple dimensions at the same time, it's not even possible for them to explain it because, because there's no way for you to fathom it. I, you probably cannot even. You know what? I'm just going to make it. You say something else for 30 seconds. <laughs> Tell me about okay. one of the experiences. Okay. Well, let's just keep going through this list then. So they, they, say, they say they experience colors and shapes uh, that they've never seen. They, they say that they experience foreign languages, not like any language. That alien they, languages. Alien languages, not like, you know, a language from another country, but literally the way that they describe it is it's like something I've never seen. And the point that I'm making is that they experience all these things. And if, if you just do a simple YouTube search for near-death experience, Anyone who's ever been saved or anyone who's ever experienced, who has died on an operating table, their heart has stopped and it was restarted. Look at anyone who's had a near-death experience and the imagery, the language, the, you know, I was in a void and everything was black and there was this bright light and there was no time and I ceased to exist. All of this language is the same. It's all the same. Whatever you experience when you die, Whatever breakthrough, what you know, whatever veil is torn, however you pass from this existence into the next, there is uh, a stark. Uh, there, well, it's an incredible uh, connection between what happens on on a DMT trip and what happens when people die. Exactly. I want to I want to do a little experiment with you, Ricky. I want you to just yell so I can hear you. Can you see my stick figures on the camera? Okay, thank you. So you have me here and Andrew. Notice Andrew doesn't have hair, and I do have a little <laughs> hair in my stick figure. Um, okay, so this is a two-dimensional picture. If we tried to explain to, Zach, to 2D Zach and 2D Andrew, if we tried to explain what the third dimension is like, remember, they literally, on this piece of paper, their whole world exists of up and down and left and right. They are never allowed to go to the third dimension, which is forward and backward, okay? For example, if Paper Andrew <laughs> looked, over, one. looked over at Zach Andrew, or, or Paper Zach, 
who has a lot of curly hair for some reason. I have more hair, yeah. If I looked over at Zach, he would he would appear to me as just a straight line. I wouldn't see any of the other details of, of, of who he is. That's right, even with his glasses on. <laughs> so, like, like you said, that's exactly, that was my actually my point, that if, if 2D Zach looked at Andrew like this on the, on the piece of paper as a 2D man, 50 and okay, as a 2D man, I would literally only see him in the, two, in, the, in the second dimension, first second dimension, which means me looking at Andrew, he would be one solid line because I'm literally on the piece of paper, flat, become still flat, no 3D, still flat, no 3D, still flat, no 3D. I'm now looking at my 2D partner right here. Well, instead of seeing the two limbs, I'm seeing one solid line because I am not privy to the third dimension in a two-dimensional world. Now, how would a two-dimensional being on paper describe a three-dimensional object? For example, let's say a baseball went through their 2D plane on this piece of paper. So a baseball is a sphere or a circle, pretty much a sphere, uh, if, if it's really well made, okay? <laughs> but it start, so in a sphere, it's not like a, a, a square. A square would, would come through all flat at one point in time. Well, a baseball would be just a little bit in the middle, and then it would form the circle, right? And then go back and then form another little circle. So if a baseball went through this two-dimensional plane, they get to the opportunity to witness you know, a 3D experience, a baseball come through. Well, what happens? When the, when the baseball starts to come through, they see the tip of the baseball, right? Well, and now as the baseball begins to grow, what do they see? Let's say you're a third of the baseball's in. Well, now they're just seeing a larger, because they're seeing a larger circle, because it's yeah. more of, it's going through their two-dimensional plane. Well, now 50% of the baseball is in. So now they just see a really big circle, a flat line that's just a big, or not a circle, a really big line. That, that's all they would see. And then the, the, it's after 50%, and now the circle is going to become smaller and smaller and smaller until it becomes a little dot again, and then it disappears. And they're going to say, we just saw our first 3D image. You're not going to believe it. <laughs> it started out as a little dot, and it, and, and it created a, a big line, and then it got smaller, and then it became a dot again, and it disappeared. That was, it was, uh, it, that was our first 3D. Uh, they don't have any idea. It was a base, but they don't, they don't have any idea of a concept of a, of a, of a, a sphere. Mm -hmm. They only have an idea of, of two dimensions. So not, a lo not only do they not understand that it wasn't a baseball, it was really just a line that started and got bigger and got smaller. They don't understand baseball. Well, then they don't even understand the game of baseball, the stadium that baseball is played in, the rules of baseball, the, what takes place in a baseball game. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that is literally just what they don't understand from not understanding the third dimension. Yeah. Not, and so we see, we don't understand what the fifth dimension is. We would be just, we would look just as ignorant that these two individuals look how, we would be just as ignorant of how they view the third dimension. Can you imagine if their minds were opened up to the third dimension? Their minds would explode. They couldn't, they couldn't <laughs> even begin to grasp how the third dimension. Well, we, as human beings, we're four-dimensional beings. Le you know, forward, backward, left, right, up, down, uh, and time. Time is the fourth dimension. We, we do observe time. We're within the dimension of time. Our brains can't even begin to conceive the fifth dimension, sixth dimension, seventh dimension, let alone the eleventh dimension. How, how many dimensions they, how can they even figure know. out how many dimensions there are? You know what I'm saying? But, so people are taking DMT and maybe they're getting to the fifth, sixth, seventh. I don't know. Maybe they're getting to the twelfth dimension. I don't know how far they're going. Yeah. What I'm saying is that their minds are being blown in the similar thing, and it's all a part of an end time deception. Yeah. Everything is leading because listen, if he let's say let's say I take drugs in this little thing. I experience the third dimension and the fourth dimension. I try to come back and tell him, well, now I am privy to secretive knowledge or, or, or just divine godlike knowledge. And I now view myself far superior than to Andrew. And I have the edge on truth. 
you see, there is going to be an incredible deception that is led by the fallen angels to come. Now, whether that means we are we have one minute left, one minute, one out, we are at one hour. Listen, the deception is coming. Get prepared. It really has begun already. This world is going to get wild. And uh, my goodness, I I hope that you enjoyed today's program. It was a deep program, <laughs> and I was. hope that you actually watched the whole thing because <laughs> it was a wild program. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring my friends on sooner or later, maybe even at my office home in the next you know couple months or so. And we're going to talk about their DMT experiences and just expose the enemy and what he's doing and the falsehoods of what he's, what he's trying to accomplish. But we are out of time. We actually did a special one-hour program today, and we're still out of time. There's still more stuff that we could have covered. Listen, uh, consider supporting us today. We don't have advertisement. We don't have product. We are literally only surviving 100% because of people that watch it and say, you know what? I am going to stand with them. I believe in the vision. I don't believe in Zach. I don't believe in Andrew, but I believe in the vision that the Lord has given them. Because you're not getting behind a man. You're not getting behind a man. You're getting behind the calling of what the Lord is doing, what the Lord is doing here. You're partnering not with us. You're partnering with the Lord. Hey, we love you guys, and we'll see you next week.